Welcome to the Board Game Community Show. I'm your host, blah, blah, blah. I'll introduce myself in a second. Today, we have a crazy cool episode where I got a bunch of podcasters to play somebody's game, Katie Allred's game, and it is an absolute blast. I do it kind of in the style of Organized Funds podcast, where they cut in clips of the actual gameplay. I wanted to chime in at the beginning of the episode just to lay that out and to say stick around until after all of the news and announcements and me signing off at the very, very end because there is more stuff that didn't fit in. So it's a little treat. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Riley from the Board Game Community Show. I am collaborative, overindulgent, receptive, a solicitor, and Ari Vist. Uh, hi, I'm Katie, and uh, I'm the designer of this game, and I'm a pious, lonely, compassionate, in-debt outlaw. Hi, I'm David from the Reality Escape Pod. I am a supportive, yet invasive, little transparent, and I'm very outspoken, so really everyone is going to know your secrets. I'm a zealot. Yeah, you are. Hi, I'm Manda of Room Escape Divas, and I am an overbearing, conniving, spoiled, but sociable bohemian. Hi, I'm Jen with Board Game Hot Takes, and this game let me know that I am curious, courteous, an advocate, and a fatale. Hi, this is Tim from the Board Game Hot Takes podcast. I'm charming, generous, and beholden. Hi, I'm Phil from Organized Fun. I am an industrious but scandalous enabler. Oh, and I'm widowed. Boo-hoo. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't even read that one. <laughs> if that's why you're so unhappily married, or she's unhappy because she's trying to compare to your dead wife. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be taking out a life insurance policy on Katie any day. <laughs> hi i'm mark also from the organized fun podcast i'm glamorous arrogant a bureaucrat with a facade wonderful (laughs) so today we all played persuasion by katie allred which was an absolute blast thank you everyone for coming thank you katie for making this wonderful game and experience. We'll dive into what it is, but first, why don't you give us an overview of what the game is? Uh, So Persuasion is a Victorian courtship game where you're sharing traits and powers with other players in hopes of convincing them to marry you, and also in hopes of finding the one to marry. I love it. Why did you choose this theme? So a long time ago, um, I was watching Pride and Prejudice, and I thought, why don't we have games like this? The stakes are so high in this environment and we don't really have anything that captures the drama and the like backstabbing and like and such of this kind of uh, setting. And we have so many games about violence instead. So I was like, this is a game that I want to exist. And it's been on my mind for a very long time. And I just recently started getting into game design. I love it. In the game, you have traits We all had traits, and that's what we read at the beginning. We're not all really those things, except for Tim. He is very charming, and what was your other one? Generous? Generous, yeah. So let's talk about the theme and what your thoughts on the theme were. And I think it's fitting for Tim to 
to have the first go at this because he's kind of into this theme, this era. Yeah. So first I have to ask you, Katie, when you were watching Pride and Prejudice, was it the classic miniseries with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy or was it the more recent Joe Wright film with Keira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennett? Oh, it was absolutely the one with uh, Colin Firth. Okay. Because personally, I'm a huge fan of the Joe Wright film. I, it's one of my favorite films of all time, but I do think that miniseries is great and it, it really covers the full book. So that probably tells you a little bit about what I think about the theme here. I, I'm in love with this era of literature and, and you know this subject matter specifically. And I thought it was really great. Like it really, uh, the, the conversation that happened during the game, talking about the traits we had, trying to convince people you know, why they should marry you. And it, it was just, it, it worked so well. It was such a blast. So I loved it. I loved it. Jen? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And then second, the, yeah, the theme was fun. I definitely appreciated, um, well, I didn't, I didn't think about the Victorian area the whole time I was doing it. It was more just like the concept, the general theme of finding your partner in that sense and trying to attract them or decide that being single is pretty phenomenal that's kind of how I went with it because unlike Tim I'm like Pride and Prejudice Tim actually made me watch it one time or like promised that I would watch it and then it was like over the course of four days I managed to choke down this movie and then I had to come back to Tim as one of my best friends and be like yeah I watched it But that's that's what friends are for, filling in your your blanks or your gaps when they just they don't work. So that's my gap. But I did. I appreciated the concept behind it. Um, it allowed for such funny table talk, it allowed us to be our sarcastic little selves, even not really everybody knowing each other. And so that's where I think the theme for me really hit fireworks. David. I'm also one of those people who I enjoy a good war game, but I don't feel like every single tabletop game needs to be that. And I really love it when we get to play in different worlds. I felt like this was sort of like a social deduction game meets Love Letter. And Love Letter is my go-to throw-it-in-my-pocket game. So I I really enjoyed it. Amanda? So like Jen, I I came to Pride and Prejudice late because my friends were all obsessed with it. And I'm one of those people that will refuse to watch something if everybody else likes it because that's not cool. Uh, And, you know, I I just wanted them to shut up about Mr. Darcy already. And then I watched the miniseries and the film and then I'm like, okay, fine. I kind of get it. And I I really, I very much enjoy them. We actually, this game reminded me of a game that I played called Marrying Mr. Darcy, which is similar. It's a card game, uh, only you're given specific roles and and you know you you you're given the characters of the pride and prejudice story to play and this one in a way is a little bit more freeing in that sense because you can be who you want to be and one thing that i like with the theme that kind of goes against the times is that you um miss marrying mr darcy for instance is much more punishing if you don't get married you become an old maid and and uh you know are doomed to a life of singlehood and I like the, we'll get into it, but I liked that there was an option for you become independent and happy that, that that's actually an option. So I very much enjoyed um, applying the traits that I received to myself and playing around with that. Phil. I, I can only really expand on what everyone else has said so far. I mean, yeah, I love the theme. I think Katie, you're right that not, and David as well, that there aren't that many games that feature this sort of side of things. So it's like a refreshing change. And also, 
just uh, Manda as well. Like at first, I, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm just focusing on crowns, diamonds, whatever. But then the actual traits, you're like, they started spinning little stories about yourselves and about your relationships. And I want to know this about this and you're scandalous. And so that's a, a classic scandalous move. You know, it really sucks you in and you sort of became part of it, really. Mark? Yeah, yeah, I really like the concept of this. Uh, yeah, like Phil says, you can sort of get into the the characters of it quite a bit. But then there's also, you can start to, I can see how you can sort of strategize as well within within it. Yeah, it's a re- really good, like refreshing concept. I don't really have anything to add on top of that. But I will say, you know, a little bit bitter about the theme because my first girlfriend made me watch Pride and Prejudice. I fell asleep during it shortly after she broke up with me. So that's my thoughts on the theme. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 that, that makes perfect sense, Riley. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> that, that's breakup material right there. Am I the only person here who's actually read Jane Austen? <laughs> yeah, all of it. <laughs> and I think what this is, I'm learning is that the therapy bills we're saving by playing this game and then discussing it afterwards <laughs> feel like large. <laughs> I, I think what I, yeah, what I like about it is that, yeah, like you said, like we, it's technically in the theme of Pride and Prejudice, but you don't have to have watched Pride and Prejudice to be able to play this game or to be able to to have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's It just fits that era. You know about it. Like, I re- we recently watched... Uh, oh, what's that big one right now? The... Oh, whatever, Bridgerton something. Bridgerton. Yeah. yeah. Just Bridgerton, yeah. Brid- yeah. So we recently watched Bridgerton, and I felt like I was in that. Like, I related to that very well. So, Katie... The game plays out in two phases, essentially. There's the sending letters phase and then the receiving letters, I guess? You're using traits? Yeah. What, do you, what do you call the second phase? I, I, call, I call it the, there's the mailing phase and then I call it the reception phase. Okay, perfect, yeah. So in the mailing phase, you will send letters out, your own cards uh, to potential suitors or... You know, there's different strategies you can take on who you send out cards to. uh, And that part is simultaneous play. Did you ever do a run of it where they weren't simultaneous play, where you were taking turns there? There was, I had done a few times where it was turn-based. I actually used to have the reception phase simultaneous. That was just like a really big headache for people. Um, (laughs) And also, uh, yeah, it was a lot more things have changed at the game where it really makes a difference who who takes like card effects first and such. So I always wanted the mailing phase to be simultaneous because I wanted there to be that social aspect of like, oh, well, this person sent me cards. Uh, I think I might send them cards or that social interaction of like, I want to propose to this person. I don't know if they're going to reciprocate and um, or if they're just going to leave me hanging and send a letter to somebody else and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that works really well, too, because, you know, having the mailing phase be simultaneous speeds the game up. It keeps them flowing pretty quickly. But the reception phase allows you to interact and kind of see what's going on and care what's happening. And I think that's important. If that was all simultaneous, you would kind of lose the story. You wouldn't really know what everyone else was doing. Oh, absolutely. You stamp the letters you receive, which I think is so fun to do on TTS. We played at TTS where, you know, obviously we're not in person. Everybody's scattered throughout the world in this episode. Why don't you explain how that'll work in person? 
Yeah, so in person, I have these like little micro cards that I use. And the game plays best when it has like some clear plastic sleeves. So you could slide those cards into the back of the card. So it looks like a little stamps on the letters. I find that it actually works a lot better in person. You're able to sort of just pass cards that are stamped and such around. And it's it feels like much less of a headache in person. Tabletop Simulator, it's so finicky with the decal tool. Well, that's really, really exciting. I. I can imagine the physical version being really fun and and a little faster too with that, not having to switch between the tools. What was everybody's strategy on how you chose what letters to send and to who? Let's start with, we'll go backwards from last time. So Mark, start us off. Well, uh, it was a little bit random to begin with. (laughs) While I got used to what the cards did and just getting into the game, playing it for the first time, Maybe I don't know if I actually had a strategy as as such, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed the mailing phase the most uh, in that just and with everybody sort of posting at the, at the same time. Yeah, I probably didn't actually have a, an actual strategy. So I just really enjoyed sending letters <laughs> and stamping. <laughs> that was just really good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> Um, So I played it really selfishly. I just picked the most useless card that I had, the one that was going to give the least away about myself. And I Mm. sent that card, the same card to as many different people as I could. Just so, you know, I was in it for, obviously, I was in it for the money. I wanted to find out and get my match, but I didn't care if anyone else was happy with me. No, go away. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that work out for you? (laughs) <laughs> it worked out fine for me. I mean, KE, how did it work out for you? <laughs> yeah, it, it did not work out well for me. I knew I didn't stand a chance being independent, so I was like, I know nothing about Phil, but they're proposing to me. I just got to take the proposal. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like it. <laughs> My first ability, or you sent me the very first thing, and then someone trashed your face-up card. So, like, when someone sends you a letter, you get to use one of their abilities that you know about. So there's one face up and then any that they may have sent you in the past. And so I think it was David was like, hmm, I don't want you to be too attractive, Phil. So I'm going to discard your face up card. And I was like, oh, no, that gets rid of one of my cards that I can use. And I was planning on using. And your other card was completely useless. So I was stuck there. I was just like, oh, Bravo. Well played, David. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, why don't you go yeah. next? So this this was an interesting experience for me because it was the first time that I was learning how to play a new game on Tabletop Simulator that wasn't a collaborative game. I've played a lot of collaborative games on TTS, which has an interesting effect of you can screw things up in the first couple rounds and your teammates are all like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let me just help you correct that. It's a much easier way to learn because I I really struggle with the tabletop simulator interface. It was interesting going in. I had this plan and I was not as great at executing it because I was super focused early on on not screwing up the flipping of my cards and not revealing things. But the plan that I had, I was trying to reveal as much as I could about who should propose to me through my actions while also getting rid of people who seemed like they might be threats to receiving the proposal that I was trying to get. So that was what I was trying to do. Bravo. (laughs) 
<laughs> it didn't work out that well for me, but I feel like I could probably do better next time. Yeah. Okay, Amanda, we, we skipped you, but we'll go back to you now. Cool. Well, like Mark, I didn't really have a strategy to start, but like much any any game that I played for the first time, I play fairly chaotically. So I started by just I was like, oh, here's a card. I, I tried to read the cards to make sure like I'm not going to give somebody some superpower that decimates me. And otherwise, I kind of just send it out to whoever because you're not you're not even sure what anybody else has. Like everybody else, I think I really like the mailing phase because then I'd look up and there's like two letters in front of me and I'd be like, wow, two people like me. Okay, and then I'm going to move the whole dang... Oh, I got mail! Ding. Oh, hang on. I've got, I got two letters. I didn't even see that second one. The stamps and seals feel like a, a very different version of papers, please. Uh, as we went on, the strategy became like once I once I, it was kind of happenstance because I think Tim showed me a card that uh, gave me a, a superpower to decimate him, and I did. And then in doing, because I realized if I did that, I'd actually force him to be the best candidate to marry. Uh, <laughs> that's what I did. Sociopathic Manda. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll feel guilt about it for eight years because that's normally how I operate. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, Jen, your strategy. Oh, my strategy. I could talk about it for hours or approximately 17 seconds. It started out as haphazard, <laughs> um, ambivalent. I have no idea, also known as the willy nilly strategy. And so that's how I often go about games that I just don't have any concept of going into. And so that's what I did. And then if you've ever listened to board game hot takes, you will often find that my pattern is I will figure out about halfway through exactly what I should have been doing. And I have my, oh no, or oh yay moment and realize that whatever I did haphazardly is working. And then I can build on that or whatever I did willy nilly was not working. And in this case, willy-nilly was not working. And so my strategy was just to survive. And so then I went into survival mode and witty banter mode. And so chat with the humans, <laughs> have a good time and make it to the end of the game. <laughs> it was fun. Love it. <laughs> that's all Damn. I got. Like that's as good as, that's as, good as the strategy gets. <laughs> Whatever. No one had any interest in the cat lady over here. I'm betting on the discard pile right now. And I feel like I... I I need more things in there that aren't revealed. I don't understand the discard pile fully, but I'm like, yeah, the thing, the better than, the unknown is better than the known. The known is nobody likes me. And the unknown is maybe I'll be successful by myself. Like this is life. This is meta right now. So let's just go with it. I'm definitely in shoot the moon mode right now. So Jen, were you were you unhappily single? Yes, I'm unhappily single. But look at my I'm curious, I'm courteous, and I'm an advocate. Which damn, I'm screw the results of this game. I'm feeling good. Jen, you didn't adopt enough cats. That's the problem. Yeah, so it, it was interesting because it, you know I think like everybody, I didn't fully grasp what the options were, what we were trying to do at the first at the beginning of the game. It came pretty quickly, but at first, the one of the nice things is that there is some. Um, you know, available information. So I knew I was trying to find a match with a specific suit. So two people on the table had that suit to start with, you know, showing visible. And so I knew that the, one of those was going to be my target to at least start looking at more information. But the cool thing about it is that they could be shown one 
um, one of those suits, but they might have a card face down that's three of the opposing suit that I don't want to do. So you, it's risky. You know, you don't know for sure that they're the right person. But what happened on the second round is that Amanda had two of the cards face up in the suit that I wanted, but she had two face up in the suit that I didn't want. So it was like completely tied up at that point. But I wanted to take a chance. So I gave her a card that had three diamonds on it because I thought, well, if she wants diamonds, maybe she'll want to be my, you know, get engaged with me. Um, but that was the card that let her discard my entire hand. So I completely missed that she was going to be able to do that to me. But it, it was awesome. It all worked out because then she was able to do that, set up my hand to be a better fit for her. And we ended up pairing up perfectly. So it was uh, it was a little bit of a risk. I took a risk with it. I made some bad decisions, but it all panned out in the end. <laughs> now, that was actually a really interesting one. And I know you did that accidentally, but after you did it, I was just like, oh my gosh, that card, like... That card seems scary to me, but then if you know that you want to marry somebody, that's like you're guaranteed to be the best match for that person. Yeah, that was really clever. Once I realized what just happened, how she used it and what that card could be used for, it was, wow, okay, now this makes so much more sense than when I first saw the ability. Why would you ever give anyone that ability? So it was it was really, well, it was neat to watch that all play out during the course of the game because you read these cards at the beginning and you're just like, why would I ever want to give somebody that ability? That's not good for me. You know, almost all the abilities looked negative at first, but they all have their place. If you can, if you can use them at the right time or the other people kind of catch the single signal that you're dropping, they, they can all work out. I think I messed up. <laughs> I think I gave, I gave Manda too much power over me. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I think just for funsies, uh, we're going to do the one that you showed oh, me, God. Tim. Oh, God. <laughs> I was looking at the suits and completely ignoring the being, power. Being but... overbearing and spoiled, I feel like this would be a move I should do. Amanda wants um, a golden goose now. Flip. I'm generous too, as well as being overbearing. So, <laughs> spoiled. <laughs> I want to hoard, but I also want to give, you know? Golden goose egg omelets for everyone. For everybody. <laughs> but it's my goose, damn it. Okay. I, I'm in the single forever. That does put you in kind of an interesting situation because right now you have more roses than anything else. So, who. Anyone that wants to marry someone with more roses than whatever, they yeah, know you're exactly. a Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Though I don't know how Tim might feel about me proposing after. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to sabotage your complete hand, Tim. Now will you marry me? Marry me? <laughs> marry me! You have no choice. That's what you call wearing someone down. I had one that essentially let people take give me one of their diamonds. And so I was trying to pass that around and be like, well, if you give me a diamond, that instantly makes you more attractive to me because you have less diamonds and I want more crowns than diamonds. Mm. And so I kept doing that. I was pretty sure that Phil had one diamond and I was like, last hand, I'm like, Phil, come on, please pick mine, pick mine. He got two offers there, and and we could have ended up happily married if he chose mine, but whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, see, Phil, I knew you should have married me. Phil, we could have been so happy together. Well, I, I got what I needed from Katie, so meh. <laughs> I am happily married as far as I'm concerned. 
I'm actually really curious. And this is my second time playing it. I got to play it on at Protocon online and and I think it was just as fun the second time. But I also had a little bit of an advantage knowing going in, you know, like how a couple of things work. But I don't think it gave me like an advantage to win necessarily. I didn't get married. I wanted to get married to two different people, both Manda and Phil, but it didn't matter. Like, so my strategy, I, I don't know if playing this like 10 times, I would have a perfect strategy, right? Like, it's just so different every time. So let's hear from the master of it. The creator, and what was your strategy, and do you have like a go-to strategy for this? Yeah, so my strategy changes a lot depending on the cards that I have. So like I've been working on this game for a little bit longer than half a year. At some point, I started joining in on all the playtests. One, because it's fun, but two, because it also turns it into like a semi-blind playtest. It kind of forces people to kind of interpret the card effects on their own. So like... You would think that I would have like the master strategy of winning every time, but I end up in a loveless marriage this game. <laughs> I mean, like, perhaps I had like the knowledge of the game to know I could win if I married these people, but I wasn't in a position to convince them to marry me. I, I couldn't deduce what it was that they were looking for. And and so I, I just took a random chance at, in the end because I knew I couldn't win being independent. So I was like, I have to take a chance on this complete unknown. Um, but basically, <laughs> yeah, like my strategy changes a lot from game to game. Like I, um, we, there was a, so like, I'm not sure if this is going to go on your podcast, but we had, there was like a weird tabletop simulator glitch at the beginning. So we had to get dealt a new hand. And um, the, with the first hand, I was like, oh, I got like a really solid winning strategy here. And then the second hand, I was like, oh no, I'm I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to play this. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same thing. I was like, oh, I've got this. Like, I'm playing to be single at the very beginning, and I think I can take it. And then we had to restart it. <laughs> yeah, that was thanks to me and my totally random finding of a glitch in Tabletop Simulator. Hey, it worked out. I probably would have lost. Man, I was going to win that round. I know. That's how I Yeah, I was like, ooh, I like I my cards. Good cards. I secretly suspected that I and thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to screw with you all. You have these cards in front of you, and they're your traits, you know? Those are the traits we read at the beginning, introduced ourselves as, and and I thought that was really fun. But they're not all positive, or, you know, they're it's a mix of, just like being human, we're all a mix of different traits. I'm overbearing and spoiled who wants me. I'm very supportive. Oh, David, if I'd known that, you know, I would have tolerated the invasiveness. Finally, David's got a quality that someone likes. I mean, you've got generous and charming over here. I don't know that you're losing. I mean, who doesn't want want Katie? She's in debt. How did you come to decide to do that flavor on it, I guess? This may sound odd, but I take a lot of inspiration from Cole Worley, um, who designs like these kind of, well, like uh, the designer of Root and Oath, essentially. But like, I was really inspired by Oath and the way that that game handles like flavor text and card effects, which is that like the were like the flavor text in that game is basically just the card name um, and trying to like 
give the players tools to create their own narrative from that and just trying to tie the cards effect mechanically to that in some way so some of them are a little bit of a stretch but like um that was like where i got the inspiration of like how i want to like label those cards i want them to be like descriptors of who you are and you're sharing those traits of other people and you're giving them power over you and sharing those details i love it after the mail has been sent, we then take turns using the seals from the cards that we received, the letters that we received, and we get to use an ability from someone that sent us a letter. Give the author a bystander's card. And let's show the author anyone's card. So it's it's going to be flipped up. So it's discard all but one of the author's cards and flip this card up if able. Okay, so I can flip up and discard a personal and discard a personal whatever. I can flip up and discard a bystander's card or I can take an author's card, even if I don't know what it is. So I can take this one right here. I don't know what the the philosophy or the strategy would be in that one, but I don't really dig anything else that's going on over here. It's probably to leave me with less suits of something if you wanted to woo me. That, that, that's not what I'd be doing. I'd just be taking it to be like, uh, okay. If you wanted to be a jerk too, that'd be cool. I feel like that's my only approach right now is to be a jerk. All right. Well, you lost your gracious trait, so. I did. Screw y'all. I am going to um, use Riley's ability to flip up a bystanders card and i'm gonna flip up um this card right here well and so i'm gonna use this one which lets me flip up and then discard anyone's card i'm gonna i'm gonna use this ability to take an author's card boom it it was interesting if you got one or two seals uh i think in the mailing phase so i don't think any of us got any more than two uh but you know, if you got one, it was like, okay, if you got two, suddenly my world opened up a little bit and and I had to think a little more. And I'll be honest, it, sometimes my choice was who's closest to me in Tabletop Simulator because I don't want to scroll over that far across the table. Um, <laughs> so some of it was laziness, but I can imagine in a real life scenario, like, that might be cool. Like the amount you have to keep track of suddenly increases and, and you suddenly just have to be more, which is why I really appreciate that stamp system because keeping track of what you can and can't look at is, is, uh, is very vital in this game. Yeah, absolutely. That brings the question. When you don't get mail, you get to discard somebody else's cards. You know, you get to pick anybody and discard a card. So, I think David had that happen twice. Phil had it happen twice. I think, you know, a couple of us had that happen. So, Tim, I'm pretty sure you did, Jen. Uh, So, I guess those that didn't get mail at one point or another, how did you feel about that? Yeah, at first I was like... I was crushed. The first right, the, the first round, I was just like, "Oh man, nobody likes me," and you, you know, it's almost you take it personally. But that is a nice consolation prize. It's fun. It feels like you get to mess with somebody else's hand, and then as you get to see the icons that are coming out, it actually can be a strategic choice to say, like, "Okay, 
this person's looking like a good suitor, so I can get rid of this card that I know has a symbol that's bad for my strategy. So it, it's actually not a bad effect. And in some cases, I would say it was an even a better effect than the effects you could borrow from the person that sent you a letter. So it, it was uh, it was a nice way to kind of handle that that situation. I agree. I think if I had had a hand on it earlier and understood it like one or two rounds before I used it, I think that it would have been a real good equalizer in that sense when no, because you can't control like that first round, you can't control if someone else is gonna, it's just luck of the draw of your cards. And I mean, maybe it's the one card you turned over. So that's your piece of control over who might interact with you. But that especially that first round, I also didn't get a letter. And I was like, well, crap. Where's my strategy going from this? What is my next play? And then you realize that your next play gets to be pretty significant. Of course, I didn't realize that until two or three rounds later when still nobody was sending me letters and I'm still using the same (laughs) mechanism every single round. So I got to be an expert at what I'm going to do eventually to discard. I will point out the game only lasted three rounds, Jen. So it's good that you got it by the third round. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I will say as somebody who, I, I never was in that position, but as someone who like thought they had their strategy worked out and then realized, oh crap, somebody could mess with this. And and, and we had a couple of, like quite a few players to get through. So I'm like, who, who, might, who might screw this up for me? Because all they had to do was take away Tim's one card left on the table and then I'd be in a crappy marriage for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, and so that, that, was, that was like, oh, I put a little more tension into it. So even if you think you have your strategy figured out, you got to remember that if other players aren't getting letters, they can, they can uh, still mess with you. Yeah, I sent Tim a letter just because he was he was like being strategic. I think I did the same thing to David on another round where I was like, all right, David, if David's dangerous without a letter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to discard this one here because too many people know have information on it. So let's get that out of Riley's hands. To discard Tim's and really mess up a marriage. Yeah, you, you. This is where you can actually screw me over. Yeah, you could, yeah. but you could also set yourself up if you think somebody's showing a lot of cards that look good for you. Then you could discard one of their cards you don't know about or one that's bad for you, and maybe set yourself up for a good engagement. So that's that's at this point, I feel like we get enough information to actually start using these effectively. Yeah, if yeah, if you totally co- grasp the concept early enough, that is accurate information, Tim. For people like me. In the last round, my plan was like, okay, if nobody is interested in me still, I'm just going to discard this like triple diamond card and like seal in independence. And then Phil sent me a card, the most worthless like card effect. And I was like, great. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Like you would have rather had no cards than Phil's card. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thanks, oh. Phil. <laughs> And I literally can't do anything, so I'm going to use Phil's card, but it does nothing. Okay, and then um, I uh, I can't really do that, so I'm just going to return this to you. Phil has the most useless card that he gives people. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a closed book, me. If anyone proposes to me, they, it's a mystery. <laughs> what was Phil's card? I never saw this. It was to discard all of um, Phil's crowns that you're aware of, but like Phil only sent that one card, so you didn't know of any crowns of Phil's to discard. <laughs> so 
I have really complicated feelings on on social deduction games because I play them a lot, and I play them. I, so early in the pandemic, I started playing a lot of Werewolf on Slack with my who per, the person who became my podcast co-host, which is PG Law, who is a uh, two-time Survivor player, and I was playing a whole bunch of Werewolf with a whole bunch of other people who also had played Survivor, and they're really savage social deduction. <laughs> well, they were players. on Survivor for a reason. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to level up a lot of my, my my social deduction gaming abilities, and on top of that, over the years, my wife came up with a really clever strategy to just wreck me in social deduction games and frequently win from it, which is um, whenever we play a social deduction game with anybody, she would just go and start pulling people aside and saying, don't trust David. He's really good at these, (laughs) which is a phenomenal way to break a social deduction game because uh, especially if the person you're saying that about like has a personality and carries himself in a way that it seems like it might be true. It makes them not want to interact with that person while also making the person who said it seem more trustworthy and putting them into a much better position to go and manipulate the game. So my wife is incredibly cunning and I don't usually get to play social deduction games in any way that's even remotely balanced. Uh, So it was fun to have, all of that is to say, the discard ability was amazing because when no one was willing to play with you, it still meant that you had a strong amount of influence over the way the game was playing out. And you could really not just manipulate the game in your favor, but manipulate it out of favor for someone else. So if someone was really trying to spike you, and I didn't feel like that was happening in this, or if it was, it wasn't overt, you can't really go hard at one person because they'll just mess up your game. And so I really liked that whole mechanic. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, and I'll also say I also have complicated feelings about social deduction games and that I usually hate them. I, I usually don't like them at all because I don't feel like I've got a good... I'm not good at convincing people, um, you know, about things like lying to people. Like that's just not a trait that I have. So what I actually really appreciated in this game was that the social deduction was mainly handled through the mechanisms. Um, You know, you obviously could do some table talk and maybe that would come up more in future plays, but I felt like you got the opportunity to kind of present information in a way that was purely mechanical. Um, You know, I could show something to somebody and I was giving them the information I wanted them to, but I couldn't you know, I wasn't lying to them about it. I wasn't having to try to hide what I was doing. So for me, this was a much better experience for a social deduction game than most have been in the past. I strongly agree with that. I think that a lot of social deduction games are weighted heavily towards no information. So people tend to make a lot of accusations. They tend to come at people from a place of what they perceive about them as a gamer. You're a good good gamer, so I'm going to come hard at you. Or you were the werewolf last game, and so I don't trust you now, which is not really a rational place to be coming from. But people have such limited information in so many social deduction games that it doesn't give them a lot to work with. This game actually does give you a lot to work with, but not everything. And so I think that it allows you to make strategic decisions based off of the information that's available to you and not necessarily make all of your choices in an offensive or a defensive way. You can just play it out and see what's going to happen. So I think that all of those options really lend itself to 
a higher level of gameplay and depth, especially once you get used to the mechanics. I think it's hard to do that the first time, though. I, I think what I appreciated about this, yeah, like like people were saying, is as somebody who, like, I come from the acting world, but I'm the world's worst liar, and social deduction games stressed the hell out of me. And I didn't even think this was a social deduction game to start. And I was like, oh, I guess it is kind of you're trying to guess who somebody is. But it did not require me to put on, like, a poker face. It didn't require me to try and, like, convince people. People could look at my cards and, and make that decision themselves. And apart from, like, some playful banter that was going on, I think what I appreciated about this is, like, the lower pressure there was to, like you know, to perform in a way. Yeah. And one last thing I, I thought, I think it's worth mentioning in this game versus other social deduction games is that there was no one winner or one team of winners versus one loser. And so yeah. it was actually kind of fun that, yeah, people could have messed with us in that round. They could have messed up our engagement, but they were, they would have more benefit of trying to help themselves than just yes. trying to hurt us. And I, I also appreciate that in a larger group game where you can have, you know, that animosity of, Hey, you, you, you know, you heard me last game. So now I'm going to come after you this game. I really don't love that in games. And this one just didn't lend itself to it. Cause you're not just going against somebody. You're just trying to win yourself. And I really, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was cool that multiple people could win. Yeah. I think that's a very unique thing. And when I first was playing it and she explained that I was like, Oh no, I don't know how I feel about that. But by the end I was like, you know what? It's so fun because it's also fun to hear how other people ended up or, yeah. you know, like there it's the story that the game tells. Uh, and in the end, there's this really fun, it can be silly or sad or, you know, like story that we've, we've developed, not like real, real sad, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just an, it's an interesting narrative that's, that we all built together. Would you like to be, would you like to be slightly more overbearing? <laughs> Oh man, I've got like bad traits, man. <laughs> All around. <laughs> like looking at the others, I'm like, does this improve me somehow or just make me the most contradictory person in the world? Yeah, for sure. If you think that you can win because you you have a strong confidence in the discard meeting meeting your single goal, that's good. Well, it's not in your cards. None of you people are attractive. Things you can say out loud during this game. <laughs> I have one trait you know about, and that's attractive. Yes, but I know about your other trait. Dang it. Oh, David, that is not a good quality, man. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to go and like figure out all your secrets and tell everyone all of your secrets, but I'm going to figure out all your secrets and tell everyone all your secrets. He kicks your door down and then slags off your, your decorations of your house. <laughs> wonder what's in your medicine cabinet. David, you feel I feel like you're a little left out this round. Oh, John, you too. Neither of you got letters. I, I've been feeling so lonely for so long. I'm looking online for cats right now. I'm searching for cats. So, like, Tim is literally Prince Charming over here. Prince, just, just barely charming. I think that cemented our marriage, Amanda. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, you get me now. You know, I'm charming and generous, and you're overbearing and spoiled. Though I, I don't know if I got you the know, right opposites attract. This is this is good. You're generous. I'm spoiled. It works out so well. Riley, you you say you're collaborative over there, but it doesn't seem that way based on your matches right now. I guess I also like cats. So I am happily married to Tim. Uh, when I'm going to go live with him in his Disney princess castle, and it's going to be amazing. Oh, I should have probably told you before. I don't have any money, so I apologize for that. Push that outside behind Mom's house. 
I think this is where I become a priest and at least we get to live on the estate of the uh, the rich family. Do I get a lot of sherry at least as a priest's wife? Is yes, that, that absolutely. Brandy. Oh, okay. Yeah, plenty of brandy That's available. Brand- oh, yeah, I'm there. I'm good. Did anyone not love... I'm, I'll edit this part out, but did anyone not love the that anybody or everybody could win or lose or... I'll just say I agree with you. When I first saw that, I wasn't that I was like, mm, I don't know if I like that very much because I tend to be more of a, a competitive game player and less of a cooperative game player. And so I was I was afraid it would just feel like empty at the end. But I, it did really didn't. It, the story was a lot of fun. And I was just excited that I got the chance to win. And I didn't really care if other people did as well. So it, it really did play out better than I expected it to. I can't stress enough how much I appreciated the you can be single and happy message at the end. I I honestly, that's uh, especially when it comes to a game that's focused on marriage and you could still have that message at the end. Like, oh, maybe you won't get married, but look, you could be happy. And uh, yeah, (laughs) it's like, oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. So that was nice. I truly appreciated (laughs) that, too. I, I think it's so fun. And I also think that something else that's fun is, you know, you get a little bit flirty during the game and it doesn't really matter what your sexuality is. Like I'm flirting with David. I'm flirting with Phil. I'm flirting with Jen, Manda, you know, like, you know, like yeah. you're just doing it in a very fun game, uh, loud space. Yeah. But luckily your accent makes you sound smarter than us anyway. So it makes up for it. Maybe, maybe I know that Phil is my soulmate. Oh, thanks, babes. That's my love going out to the world. There you go, Riley, babes. Ooh, I got a letter from Riley. Wink! So exciting to get a letter in this game. <laughs> <laughs> totally missed that experience in the first round. I'm curious. We've got Phil and Mark. You guys are a couple. Was that weird at all, playing it as a couple? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> no okay. It made me more reticent to interact with Mark because I was like, right, if yeah. I, I am not going to propose to him again. That, that's what's expected of me. So I'm going to just, just deal with as many other people as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, uh, I don't know what everybody's... I don't know if we should even do this. Your status. Uh, like, I'm married. I think it's really fun to, like... I thought it was very fun to flirt and stuff. And, and I would play this with family, which feels weird. Like we could totally do this at a family game night. And it's like, this isn't incestuous or anything, guys. Like we're, just, <laughs> we're playing a game. This is allowed. You're going dark there, Riley. Going dark. Yeah, a little too dark. I, I might feel weird playing it with my family. Maybe. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm that type of person. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Would you play this with your spouse, Tim, David? Yeah. So, I, you know, what's funny is that Jen is my spouse's best friend. And so, I, again, you know, thinking about the rules and saying, like, am I going to flirt with Jen here? That is, you know, could make you nervous. But to be honest, again, it was all so mechanical. It was all yeah. strategic driven. And so there wasn't any, you know, there was no, like, like I would feel comfortable playing this with a fan, with my daughter, with a friend, you know, with, with my parents, it, because it was just mechanical. It told a fun story, but it didn't lead to that kind of awkward. Oh, yeah, you don't have to look deeply into somebody's eyes. and, and... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I would assume you, you could probably play it that way, right? You could do You could role play it a little bit more and kind of get into the role and say like, okay, I'm going to propose to you and, you know, do that thing, but you don't have to. And I, 
I, I think it plays out perfectly fine no matter who you're playing with. I was just saying, because it is Regency, Regency England, you know, there's nothing lurid and inappropriate about any of the any of the flavor text anyway. So, you know. Including the incest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got that one cousin, right? <laughs> oh, cousin's here. Yep. I, I'd have no problems playing this with, with my wife, Lisa. I also don't think I'd have any problems playing it with family. I think there's enough abstraction in the mechanics that if you just want to play it as a social deduction game and not embrace the the, the thematic elements as much, that's an option. And then also I think that there are options for friend groups who want to embrace that far more than I think our group even did. There is plenty of op- option to make it more lured if you want to. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I would, I have no issues with it. I, I really enjoyed it, but also not especially precious uh, about my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like, my wife and I are not- we, 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 is, is your wife going to listen to this? Don't, don't leave that in the recording. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both very comfortable in our relationship with one another and aren't threatened by like, I've never been threatened by someone flirting with her and vice versa. So that's what I mean by that. And when we go to do things like immersive theater, we actually have a rule that we don't engage at all with each other. We just go off and have our own good time and flirt with the performers as much as we want doesn't matter you know we're just there to we're not going to acknowledge each other or worry about the time the other one is having because once we start doing that then the person who's worrying doesn't have a good time so yeah we're we're pretty good about just that makes a lot of sense i'm glad you explained it more i was like do we need to do therapy here like go grab lisa it's really it's coming from a place of comfort yeah (laughs) well i guess that's an interesting thing did either of you, Phil or Mark, feel uncomfortable at all when, like, someone else would would flirt with your your significant other? Nah, no. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I just I wanted to make sure. I thought it was a a curious thing. In fact, it's it's a matter of competition of who got the most attention. <laughs> <laughs> Bragging rights. We're nearing the end here, so. Let's talk about how everybody ended up. We'll start with married married couples. So we've got Manda and Tim. Yes, <laughs> Tim, you go ahead. Yeah, we had a we had a great marriage, uh, long successful life because I was compassionate and generous, and she was all of the opposite traits there, and so it worked out really well. I was really giving. Um, I was very partner. receiving. Yes, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> yeah. perfect. Fit. Uh, yeah. Nice. And then we had Phil and Katie. <sighs> well, <laughs> I, I was in it for the money and I can't remember who, but someone gave you, Katie, that three diamond card. And as soon as I saw those diamonds, I was like, she is the one for me. <laughs> I don't care what she wants. I don't care whether she wants to be with me. She's my wife now. <laughs> That was, uh, funnily enough, the same moment when I was like, oh, this game is no longer in the bag for me. I'm in a really desperate situation. I will just marry anyone. (laughs) (laughs) You had three offers. You you picked it. I did. did. (laughs) Me, David, Phil, we're all, well, no, no. You actually offered to me. 
And yeah, I was, I was like, offering to all three of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you were holding back. You were you weren't making a decision yet until you had until you collected some offers to choose from. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Phil proposed to me, and I was like, David. Uh, Riley, <laughs> come on, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phil, fine, I'll marry you. <laughs> well, you said something like kind of towards me, like I've got this type of thing, like trying to lure me in, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is such a big risk. Like I think I have an okay chance being single, but like also she just said something that indicated I might be happy, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't, but. <laughs> It was funny that like, I feel like that was almost the social deduction and the, the, uh, what do you call it? The false the bluffing. vibrato, the bluffing. There we go. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. <laughs> yeah. Like that was where the bluffing came in. You were like, okay, I'm pretty sure I could be happy with these, one of these people. And I need to try and manipulate them to get me there, <laughs> which almost worked. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, do you want to marry me or whatever? Wait, wait, Phil, don't propose. <laughs> no, Phil. <laughs> Love wait, me, Mark, Phil. Wait, Riley, wait. <laughs> do you, um, do aren't either of you interested in money? Because, look, I got, I may have debt, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Riley, you, you want to, look, I, I don't, I don't think I stand a chance being independent. But I think maybe we can make it work. Oh my god! What? I don't think I can make it work with you, Katie. I okay. Fair enough. I know that's how I feel about Katie too. All right, Phil. So Yay! Let's take a shot. Let's let's see where this takes us. <laughs> <laughs> you were definitely my first choice. <laughs> I believe you 100%. <laughs> All right, now let's go to our single folk. Jen, kick it off. Well, I cartoonized the theme in order to kind of go through it because I wasn't going to, like, because that piece that we talked about just before was, like, how how did you approach it? You know, could it, is it serious? Is it not serious? Does it make you uncomfortable? I cartoonized it, so it was just the game, right? But then I think about the single people and I was unsuccessfully single. Let's throw this out there. And like, I could like, that's the biggest way you can lose this game as someone who is, <laughs> as someone who is according to the game, curious, courteous, and an advocate. I ended up being unsuccessfully single. Nice people finish last is all I can say about this. Yeah. The cannot think person over here. Got Prince Charming. <laughs> so that's the way that I looked at it. <laughs> was there anyone that you were like, were you like, marry me, somebody marry me, come on. Was there anything like that? No, I didn't think, I went, I literally looked at my cards at the beginning and looked at everyone else's one card that was up and I was like, Yep, this game is rigged. We're going to go ahead and just try and be successfully single. So I like that, that again. And then I went willy-nilly to try and figure out how to get there, which was unsuccessful. But, you know, again, <laughs> it comes back to the tabletop banter and it being engaging and funny. And so I like the stories that everyone was telling. I was just the crazy cat lady on the side that got to um, – and apparently, like, I'm mad at my cats because they're not even making me happy if I'm an unsuccessful <laughs> single. So. It's because – wait, like, here's the, so here's the storyline. It's because 
I'm allergic to cats, right? But I still love these cats and I want them around. So in some ways I'm unhappy. So what I need to do is go to the doctor, get some allergy shots so that I can fully (laughs) enjoy being the crazy cat lady in this game. Or fall in love with the doctor. (laughs) Start with that. And and that's the rub about living in Victorian England. No allergy shots. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going home. Where's my time machine on this one? Uh, David, you ended up single too, and you had thrown out proposals. I did. So I needed crowns, and Manda was the only person who had any crowns revealed. And there were almost no crowns revealed anywhere. So I decided to kind of go with the old hearts move of trying to shoot the moon, and I figured there were a lot of unrevealed cards in that discard pile, and I was just betting that a whole bunch of them had to be crowns because they, were, they weren't anywhere. And I was almost right. I needed more crowns than roses, and it ended up being 10 of each. So I, uh, I, I failed. But I, 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 was, I, was trying, I was trying real hard to, uh, to, to embrace the chaos. You and I, I feel like we're competing for Manda, but Tim had it in the bag. Because you and I both knew we needed crowns, but well, we could. Amanda just grabbed Tim, shook everything out of his pockets except for the one thing she wanted to be there, and 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 then that was it. She's just like, "Be charming." Yeah, I fixed him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real moral of the game: is that listen, people, you can fix them. <laughs> Man to live in the fantasy. <laughs> hey, Tim, I know that I destroyed your life, but want to marry me? Well, <laughs> based on your traits, it's risky, but at least you're generous. So, yeah, let's do it. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> They're doing it. Tim, if you take that back, I'll help you out. <laughs> No, I was planning to do it anyway, so okay. I'm glad she, glad she rushed in there. So. <laughs> oh, Although no. It's, still, it's, it's risky. It's risky. I, I feel like is. I'm being generous in this, in this way <laughs> somehow. Can I give a counterproposal to the same person? Yeah, right? Manda, oh. don't marry him. Marry me. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Oh, Seriously, I think it's I think it is mutually beneficial. Well, congratulations, guys. And David, I don't I just feel like I know Tim more, you know? I feel like we've really gotten to know each other. I'm pretty and... wide open and I am charming as well, so that's you know Yeah. There's that like I want someone who's only charming and nothing else. <laughs> so I don't want complicated of a complicated person. Plus Dave David, you are a little you are a little invasive. <laughs> Mark, you were also single. Yeah, uh, but I ended up successfully single. Um, I actually needed more crowns as well. So at one point, I was eyeing up Manda a little bit, but then I <laughs> then I <laughs> decided to go into the middle at the end. Uh, and it, yeah, it was just there was just enough crowns for me to be successful in the middle. So was your other thing roses? Uh, di- diamonds, more crowns than diamonds. diamonds. Oh, okay, so we had the same mm. exact one because I wanted crowns and diamonds, so yeah. I also ended up fiercely independent. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So, Katie, are there um, so there are multiple diaries of the same type, so multiple people could have the same win conditions? Yes, yeah, there are. There's a copy of each one, except for the rose, um, the ones where you want more roses. There's only one of those. 
Oh, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And it was just it was happenstance that I got more crowns. So like I wasn't even looking to be like conniving and you know s- spoiled, but there was <laughs> what happened. So uh, love it. Let's do highlights. Does do you guys have any highlights of the game? Uh, a highlight of the game for yourself. My highlight was realizing the mix of card traits that Manda has were completely sociopathic. That yeah. was my favorite part. <laughs> I'm happily married to Manda. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I must just be really easy going considering the traits she's got over there. <laughs> I clearly tricked you into thinking I was going to be an amazing wife, but I'm somehow bohemian. At the same time. <laughs> I am charming and generous, um, but I am beholden apparently. So that makes all sense. That all makes sense. Manda really does seem like she might be a sociopath. <laughs> I can pretend to be sociable and uh, yeah. I, I think that was my favorite part because I like like a lot of people here. I was focused on like the symbols and the and the powers, but I wasn't looking immediately at the emotional traits that you were having. And then when I was looking at that, I'm like, well, I'm building quite the character for myself here, aren't I? And yeah, that that was kind of that, that was fun to be able to see everybody else's traits and i liked i like the mechanic of of mailing to people because then you you're literally getting to know them it's like oh i've just found out that you're kind of you know invasive david (laughs) kind of thing yeah i have uh i have several things i could call as highlights both moments and mechanisms but i want to mention that the one thing that i think is the biggest highlight for me is that when riley invited us to this game and i looked it up and i was like this is a game that has not been published you know, first time designer, I think, or, or new designer. And I was like, what did Riley bring me into here? I mean, hopefully I'll <laughs> have a good time with the people that I'm there with, but this game can't possibly be good. And I was so pleasantly surprised by it. I had a great time with it after the first play, understanding the mechanisms. Now I would love to go back and play this again. I think it's a, I think it's a blast. I think this is, it feels like a really, really well, you know, well-designed and and just finished game that, that you could buy at the store today. And it feels and it was awesome. It was so much fun. It did everything right for me for this type of light party-ish style of game that, that I really enjoyed. So, But the one other thing from a, just a kind of a mechanism piece is the, the mechanisms were fun, but the flavor was so subtle, but perfect. Mm-hmm. The, the names on the cards, I think each of them were unique. They kind of held true to the symbols as well as the, what the card did. And then just the, because they were supposed to represent letters, um, the sign off on each of them tied into that trait as well. What a great little touch of just putting a little bit of flavor on these cards and and you know bringing that out. So r- really, I'm I'm kind of blown away by this game to be honest. So that that's how I felt about it. I really really love the flavor text because like overbearing it says dear reader blah blah blah. Well, actually yours or spoiled yours impatiently. I fully agree with everything that Tim just said. I I think that social deduction games frequently lack depth and there's so much depth here that I'm actually really eager to play it again with people who have with with an understanding of the rules and people and other people who have played it. I feel like it's the kind of game that could come off the shelf regularly and keep having intrigue which I don't think is true of most social deduction games, at least the ones I've played. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I well, yeah, I really like, like I said, really like the, the mailing aspect of it, and I would superficially just thought, sort of, if it was 
playing like a, a physical version of this, I can imagine it would be really cool just sending the letters and the sort of chaotic energy of that phase with lots of different people would be really good fun. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm just going to build on what David said. I think the depth it really does it for me. I, just while we've been talking just now, I've just been thinking, oh, yeah, I could play it like that. Or oh, that's, a, you know, this idea of like weaponized mail because someone's more dangerous without a letter than they are. Do you know what I mean? And just thinking, oh, I could try that and I could try that and I could try that. And like you said, Tim, you know, just the idea of wanting to play it again to try these different ways. You know, I think it does. It's got a lot of depth, a lot of replay value. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was the aha moment and then being like, oh, I want to start again, right? And so that tells me what I need to know. As soon as I was like, oh, I want to start again with the knowledge and the understanding to actually play with this and not just, and to have the witty banter plus the actual competitive nature of it come into play. I think that, you know, says enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are your plans for this, Katie? Well, I would love it. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm a little overwhelmed. Um, my uh, hope is to one day get it signed with a publisher because I don't know if I could do all the self-publishing stuff. It, uh, like if if I had to self-publish, I would. And if I did, I would like like get some artwork on the cards and like stuff. But I'm really happy with the stage that the game is at right now. I have some ideas of some variants for like introductory games but yeah that's that's my hope yeah <laughs> perfect that's, that's great we'll we'll keep everyone up to date eventually you're going to come on as just a regular old guest for the for the board game community show so i'm looking forward to that yeah me too we'll have we'll have fun let's have everybody do a little sign off you can plug your you know your social media your podcast all that stuff this was Tim and Jen from the Board Game Hot Takes podcast. You can find us on Twitter at BG underscore Hot Takes and on Instagram at BG underscore Hot Takes or check out our podcast. You can find us on any platform, Board Game Hot Takes. This is David from Room Escape Artist and the Reality Escape Pod. You can find me on all the social medias easily linked off of roomescapeartist.com. You can find Room Escape Divas at inversegenius.com where you can go to Facebook and look up Room Escape Divas and you can listen to the podcasts anywhere you normally listen to your podcasts if you'd like to find my personal Twitter it is Manda Whitney and I love to talk about narrative and games so if you ever want to nerd out about that you can find me there I've been Phil, I've been Mark uh, and you can find Organized Fun on Facebook at Organized Fun Pod and on Twitter at Fun Organized but remember it's organized with an S because we are British don't you know I'm Katie Allred and you can find all of my social media on knifebunny.com I'm mostly active on Twitter where my handle is Red Cheshire Kate sort of like Cheshire Cat except Kate Thank you so much for listening Stick around until the very, very end because there's about a minute and a half of clips that I was too lazy to fit in elsewhere. It's a lot of work doing this type of episode. Whoa. Huge thank you to everybody that was involved. Katie, such a fantastic game, such a wonderful person. Absolute blast. Thank you so much for letting us do this. Board Game Hot Takes is an amazing podcast. Tim, just a wonderful, wonderful host on there. His co-hosts are amazing. Always a good time on there. Jen isn't on there all the time, but when she is, it's an absolute riot. She was so fun to play with. It's just funny, funny stuff. I, I loved it. Organized fun. Phil and Mark, 
you know I love them. Phil is on here all the time. I talk about them all the time. One of my favorite podcasts. And thank you so much. I did ask for permission. I went, hey, Phil, do you mind if I borrow your your format? And it is so much work. Man, bravo. If you don't listen to theirs, go listen to it. If you liked this type of episode, that's like their type of episode every week. So, so good. Reality Escape Pod, David, amazing, amazing guy. I joke that they have a catchphrase that most of their guests say, and they don't know what the catchphrase is, but it's, wow, what an amazing question. Oh, I've never been asked that question before. It's true. David does such a good job just researching and and deep diving and stalking people online so that he can find those really good questions and, and dive deeper than you might normally. And PG, she does such a great job at being the people's champion and being like, hey, us normal people don't know what that means. Why don't you describe or tell us what that acronym is or what that phrase means? So thank you, PG. It means a lot. I asked PG to come on, but it was a little bit early for her. She's on the West Coast, and I'm so grateful that David suggested Manda from Room Escape Divas. She is so fun. I had never listened to the show before. I listened to an episode before we had her on, and she does a really, really good job interviewing her guests and presenting on her podcast. Plus, she was an absolute riot to play with. You heard the episode. I am just gushing about all of these people that I got to play this wonderful game with. I I would love to do this type of thing again with more of the guests that I've had on the show and, and other people. We This might happen more. I may try and theme it and be like, I'm going to have YouTubers this time. I'm going to have streamers this time. I'm going to have game designers this time. We'll see. No promises. I have a lot of ideas for projects or episode ideas that are special, but but sometimes they're hard to get to. Try and blast through the last things real fast. Protocon 2022, January 28th and 29th, that's a Friday and Saturday, is going to be so great. I went to Protocon 2020 right before the pandemic hit, and it was a really, really good time. I got to meet designers. I got to see really cool games, prototypes from you know, mid-stage to late stage, they're all there. So if you have a prototype and you want to bring it and have it played, sign up. There's still one triple time slot left. There's uh, quite a few double time slots and single time slots as well. So, I mean, by the time you are hearing this, that triple time slot might be gone. I don't know. No no guarantees here. Uh, And if you just want to come and play games and meet people and see what kind of stuff is, is being worked on, you can totally do that. Come sign up and and just come. It's here in Utah. It's just down the street from me. It is. It was such a good time. And I'm excited that it's going from a one-day to a two-day event. On the first day, Jeff Beck, who did Intrepid on Kickstarter, he is going to be doing a workshop of some sort. And he'll actually be in the podcast in, I think, two weeks. Don't hold me to that. Uh, him and David... Uh, another person who's putting it together, they're going to be on the show and we're going to talk about Protocon. We didn't really do a ridiculous theme with this one, so I'm going to throw one on. 
while we were talking about it, I joked about how you could do different iterations of the same thing. So I thought it would be really, really fun to do like an I am one or Yahoo met. I don't know. What is that called? AOL, AOL messenger, you know, like dating in chat rooms or even just modern dating, online dating, whatever it is. Uh, I just thought that would be a funny one. Or alternatively, really, really committing to this and coming dressed up in Victorian aged uh, attire and acting it out. So you have the, your traits in front of you and it's like, you have to be jealous and snobby. And then you have to actually act that way. If you're going to propose, you have to kneel down and propose and, and they could leave you hanging. And, <laughs> and I just think it'd be a, a funny, silly thing. Last week, I teased this week's episode, and I'm going to keep doing that, I think. Why not? Next week, I am super duper excited because it is with Mick and Starla from our... I said that's so weird. From our Family Plays Games. Oh, and it was an absolute blast. Those two are just... Like, you watch their videos, and you think they have so much fun. There's so much good chemistry between them and banter, and I love it. You like, I could gush about them all day, and actually talking to them, they're exactly that same way, that same energy, that same, like, uh, back and forth, and it's, it's so good. I'm excited for you to hear that episode. You can follow me on Twitter at NerdOutWithUs. You can email me, theboardgamecommunityshow at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. If you enjoy the podcast, share it with your friends or and or leave a rating. Anywho, wow, that was way longer than I was hoping it would be. You can find links to everybody's stuff, their podcast, their Twitter account, etc. in the episode description. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep nerding out. Gosh, I can't. This stuff we're saying out loud makes my body feel all the way to that. But I saw Philip. Philip. Who are you, my mum? I saw little Philip. Oh my god, that's exactly what she sounds like. Well, you've never seen me and your mom in the same room at the same time, so. I don't want your, like, secondhand, whatever that is. Phil, you just got a lot less desirable. And you haven't even seen my face yet. I think we've been pretty clear from the beginning of this game that I'm going to be single and probably not even successfully single is what it sounds like. So, yay! (laughs) It sounds like there's going to be a lot of unhappy single people out here. Guess who's happily single, though? We could have been happy together. Instead, I'm stuck with Phil. (laughs) Silence, wife! (laughs) Not that it needs to change at all, but if there was just like a couple bonus like cat icons on a couple of the things that counted as wilds for the in the discard, there you go. I was really close to making this host X marker a cat, but I thought it'd be a little too immersion breaking. And it looks like Phil might not get a letter again. <laughs> and Katie. Whatever. Alright, time to start working for independence. I feel so alone. I'll just take my letters and go home. It's a, it's a lost art sending letters, isn't it? Yeah, they're all kind of trash. I'm just going to pass. Even less desirable. Should I flip the table? Flip it. Flip it. Flip it. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to leave Tabletop Simulator. <laughs>